Return of the King, Episode 9, Hot Under the Collar. Brave New World 2040 by Darry V. Steve shuffled in through the front door at 5.32pm. He had been held up briefly unable to pass two women on the sidewalk. According to the rules, he must wait respectfully for them to move on or make space, averting his eyes lest he make one of them feel uncomfortable. Running the last mile had only allowed him to regain three minutes. He was late. Jennifer, his assigned partner, stood in the hallway, a remote control in her hand. Her finger twitched over a button, itching to activate the infrared laser that would initiate the shock sequence. You're late. He touched the metal collar around his neck instinctively. Please no, not again. She pushed down on the button, hard. Instantly, he found himself on the floor, his limbs twitching uncontrollably. He felt warmth spreading across the crotch of his trousers. As liquid pooled under his buttocks, he rolled onto his side, too weak to stand. Jennifer stood over him, watching contemptuously as he wept silently, lying in a pool of urine. He would sleep on pee pads again that night. It was good for him though, it helped with his training. If his plan was to work, he must cultivate a mind resistant to hardship, pain, humiliation. He sat cross-legged in the sleep niche Jennifer had had installed for him in the garage and focused his concentration. Building a wall, brick by brick. Discipline. For the first time in a while, he started to feel at peace. As he constructed his mind fort, The impenetrable walls were reinforced with self-control. He breathed deeply as he gathered his strength, pulling it upwards from his abdomen and into his head. He felt a slight buzz against his neck. No, no, time to stop for tonight. He was getting tired. If he let the wall crumble for even a second, the amplitude of his brainwaves would shift across the threshold into the masculine zone and the collar would be activated. Normally, a shock or two would assist his training, but he had been weakened by this evening's punishment. Picturing a neutral scene, a dog playing in the sea, he deconstructed his wall. Steve slept. The next day was Wednesday. Jennifer would be tied up at the Social Control and Women's Safety Committee meeting all evening. 
This meant that after work, Steve would be able to slip out to a committee meeting of his own. Steve constructed his mind ramparts and shut himself in a lead-lined room. Inside his internal space, in safety, he thought about the agenda. Today, they would review their progress. They might even train together, perhaps even fight to see how far they had developed their mind control. The first stage was the hardest, the willpower to resist autoerotic stimulation. He had passed this level some time ago, and with it, his power had dramatically increased. His concentration and energy had improved, as had his motivation and commitment to achieving his goal. The younger lad struggled with this initial step on the path to freedom, but Steve and the other elders would provide mentorship. He thought of the taste of microwave lasagna and then allowed his mind barricade to drop. Carefully, not allowing his thoughts to drift back to the evening's plans, he turned back to the cement mixer and continued shoveling sand into it. A scream to his left surprised him. Another one bites the dust, he thought. A man lay on the floor shaking, his face contorted as the muscles contracted. A woman in a red spandex all-in-one, with an unnaturally large rear, squatted in her tennis shoes in the construction site's access road. As more eyes turned to her, she began to rise. Oh, Jesus, no! Several more experienced men managed to shield their eyes in time, but as the woman swished her waist-length straight hair and began to twerk, zapping sounds and shrieks rang out across the site. Steve had trained for this and was ready to withstand the pain. Instead, he found now that his anger and disgust seemed to render him immune to the undulating female buttocks. Somehow, he had overcome sufficient trials to have ascended to the next level. These blitz attacks were not uncommon, ever since the upgrade allowing the collars to detect visual stimulation without the consensual appreciation override having been activated by a female with a paired device, sadistic succubi had taken to ambushing innocent undeserving men with provocative assaults. The collars would immediately disable the men on detecting a response to stimulus. What would make a person so casually cruel? Power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, he thought, carefully avoiding any anti-feminist connotation. The men met in a lockup built into one of the arches of a railway bridge. It was dark already, and the smell of autumn leaves and dog shit lingered under the gloomy structure. Most of his comrades were already present, sitting in plastic lawn chairs arranged in a circle. Two men stood in the centre. One, a mature but still muscular man in a plaid shirt with a full silver beard, stood firmly. He had an undeniably male presence. A younger man stood, attempting to square up to him, his weak arms akimbo, but his subservient posture marked him out as a newcomer. Steve was sympathetic to this brave lad, 
it wasn't easy taking the first steps. The bearded man spoke little. He was a man of few words, but each word was carefully chosen and significant. Female-centric workplace mentoring. The circle hummed. Not all birth-adapted humans are potential mothers. The boy started, gritting his teeth. A small drop of blood dribbled from the corner of his mouth. He must have bitten his cheek. Clearly he was in pain from the collar. The older man tried again. Intersectional human resources appointments with an emphasis on revising job expectations based on cultural history of the individual's oppression. The boy yelped and doubled over. He'd reached his limit. You did well, son. Keep at it. You're close. With ninja-like speed and coordination, Steve backflipped into the circle and flicked open a poster of a well-known plus-size model in lingerie. The teacher, known as Vanguard, chuckled, his handsome hunter eyes creasing. Nice pictures, Steve-o. Inspirational. The men returned to their seats. One youngster put up his hand. Uh, uh, Vanguard, d does it work because you're fine with it and it doesn't bother you at all, like acceptance? Uh, 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 agreement with the, with the feminist agenda? No, boy, I am just as angry and disgusted as you are. It's a disgrace, but I have developed a system of mind control. Rather than giving in to the cultural Marxism these lunatics have imposed on us, I have formed a protective shield around my inner thoughts. Through mental fortitude, I disguise my masculinity, preventing the implant from recognising the androgen waves for what they are. The new recruits sighed in awe. Going a full day without being electrocuted sounded incredible. It was something they had never known. Since birth, they had been fitted with anti-rape devices. Allowing women to micromanage their sexuality had only been the start. Soon, the progressives had suggested small add-ons, an anti-hate speech device here, an eye movement tracker there. It had seemed a small concession at the time, they hadn't known then that as the devices grew more sophisticated, technologically homosexual men would betray their heterosexual brethren. Once the women and the LGBTs had gained a taste of power, it had gone straight to their heads. Soon, all straight men were given a choice. Take the implant and be allocated to a sex farm or a post-war female for family duty, or be castrated and work in the solar panel or carbon capture factories. These were hard, dangerous places. Only a madman would choose to go there. As time went on, however, the rules became ever more strict. It was determined that toxic masculinity was to blame for the failures of women and feminised men, and so any straight man with a testosterone rating of over an arbitrary number set by the former International Olympics Committee was demoted to manual labour and the most unpleasant occupations. 
The latest implant update had included a thought regulator. All heterosexual men were upgraded to a device that could detect androgenic brainwaves that are produced by a brain experiencing thoughts correlated to a biologically male brain, in addition to all the previous features. A new generation of boys were to be taught from birth to suppress their masculinity and feminize, avoiding wrong think at all times. The punishment for this was a shock from the collar. The kids at this meeting hadn't gone a day without punishment since they were born. Steve surreptitiously wiped a tear away as he thought about the torture boys born today would face. For Vanguard, this had been a turning point. He was ready to take the bitches on. The group trained hard. They would need all of their determination and strength if they were to start a revolution. Next week, we rejoin Darry in his dream in Baby It's Cold Outside. Let's learn a bit more about his nighttime visitor. See you there!